With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Second hour, live bet. I was going to say live bet Sunday. I went autopilot there. How about that? Hey, it's, you know what? As often as I fill in, it's bound to happen at least one time. I'm surprised it hasn't happened more. We should like do where in the VSIN lineup is uh, Jonathan Von Tobel and Carmen San Diego. Right. I'm all over the place. That's a compliment for myself, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is Tuesday. If we want to be factual, though, confusing Tuesday, Tuesday for Sunday is rough because just Tuesday is the worst day of the week. If we're going to, like, break down each day. It, well, why? It, so I'm glad you asked. I've been waiting for this. This is my moment. So Monday's great because, like, you're, you're reinvigorated from the weekend, Monday right? is great. I don't think that's a statement no, okay. that anybody's Mo- ever said ever. Mo- yeah. Mo- Monday, like, you're, you're fresh. You're, you're starting a new week, especially for what we do here. Like, yeah. like there's a lot to talk about. Wednesday's good because it's the middle. You know you're halfway home. Thursday's good because, one, there's football, but, two, it's the day before Friday. Friday's great because the weekend starts as soon as your day ends for work. Saturday and Sunday, self-explanatory. So that leaves Tuesday. What is Tuesday's identity? There is none. Tuesday lacks an identity. That's why there's no way you can argue it is absolutely the worst day of the week. I mean, I could argue because my week is different. Right, where I work a lot on the weekends. So yeah. Tuesday is actually a great day for me because it's the first day of the week for the kid at school. Oh. So, like, when I do, if like days like today, if I don't have to come in, oh man, it's like it's quiet. I actually get to do work. So, I think you can make the argument. Amal, every day is the same for Amal. Just wake yeah. up in your button down <laughs> yeah. shirt and just start the day. Play poker till the sun comes <laughs> up. Yeah, the hours are shortening now. Sleep, <laughs> sleep starts a little bit later. Sleep standing up, you know, do the usual thing that Amal does every day. Uh, all right, speaking of Amal. Do we, is there fancy music for this? No. This, okay. Oh, man. You, John Galea is going to love that you called me out for it. We don't do the segment all that regularly. We need to bring it back now that football has returned. But we are going to play a little game called I'm All In, I'm All Out. A little play on Amal's name. That's right. I think that was obvious. <laughs> so let's kick things off in Clemson, South Carolina. Okay. Dabo Sweeney's message has gotten stale for the Tigers. I'm all in. I'm all out on that statement. Before you go, Amal, can we hear from Dabo? Because I, I, I think oh, we should. We, I, this is something important. If we're going to talk about the message getting stale, let's hear the message because I think it is one of purity and serenity that Dabo has built his program around. Thinking through it, and I, honestly, I mean, for me, we, we built this program on NIL. We really did. And, and I, 
it's probably different than what you're thinking, though. We, we built this program uh, in God's name, image, and likeness. And that's how I look at it. So, Amal, you all in? <laughs> Why don't you take a wild guess? In! <laughs> Seemed like a pious man. The, uh, look, I always hate when people make $9 million a year, feel the need to tell everyone else how to live their life and how things should be done. It's a hell of a lot easier when you're sitting up on that in that ivory tower to be able to tell people how things should be. Oh, we're not going to get involved in NIL. Let me tell you, I said it before, the NIL situation, this was going to go sideways anyways once Venables left. Yeah, I would be all in then, right? Because the, the, the prompt was, uh, is it getting stale? Because I also think, too, as we alluded to in the first hour, you have to embrace change. Like, we, I brought this up yesterday. Nick Saban has done that from a football perspective. He was I-formation, power for you, know, defense. I don't know. We're going to have John David Booty or whoever played quarterback, and he's just going to throw – well, you know what I'm saying. But, yeah, and he's just going to throw quick slants and blah, blah, blah. Yes. Like, that's all we're going to do. But then you evolve and you change because those things beat you. He did the same thing with NIL and all those other things. Remember the second that Bryce Young, what did he say in that offseason? Hey, my guy's got a million-dollar deal. He embraced it immediately. you got to change. you got to evolve, and it doesn't seem like that was when he's one that wants to do it. Kind of apropos, though, because there is something biblical about enjoying the fact that your college students can't afford, like, lunch, right? And you have to be the well, one to provide and save them over and over again. Li listen, Shabazz Napier, calm down on that nonsense as well. Look, I, he, I think he has a savior complex. That's why he doesn't like NIL. I was right. thinking of John Parker Wilson, John by the Parker way. Wilson. They, I knew it was a three-name name. All, name. All, <laughs> when, when you look up Southern hairstyle, John Parker Wilson is like the first one in the Paul Mitchell catalog. <laughs> By the way, I want to give JVT credit for answering all in or all out. I didn't know which way to go, so I just said, it's obvious. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next one. I'm all in, I'm all out. Another Chief Super Bowl run would be bad for the NFL. Uh, all out. I think, I think Mahomes is must-see TV. Even if you're not a Chiefs fan, people like watching him play. I watch the Chiefs a ton, even when I'm not betting on their games, because I love watching Mahomes play, so I'm all out on that theory. Yeah, I'm all out as well. And also, to bring it to a sports betting perspective, dynasties are kind of good too because then those prices start to get watered down. Those Chiefs numbers are starting to, you know, we're going to start to get like yeah. five to one before a season begins, something like that. It means a little value elsewhere. So I would say I'm all in. No, like, no, wait. I'm all out. You're all, out, all out on the statement. I'm all out on the statement. All there in on the Chiefs. Okay, there See, we go. See, I'd go the other side. I, I, I like new blood all the time, but I do think we need an, uh, an enemy. And the fact that they're so good and they're always going to be good allows for us to eventually turn them into... Though they will become a villain, right? It, what's the superhero phrase? You live long enough as the hero to become the yeah, villain? Yeah, something like that. Like yeah. I'm not a big comic book guy. Yeah. I'm all is, though. Yeah, huge. <laughs> all right, next one. I'm all in or I'm all out. The Bengals are too trendy of a bet to win the Super Bowl. I disagree. I'm, I'm all out on that theory. I, I think uh, this team is loaded. Guys, barring injury, they, they should be right there with Kansas City in terms of the chance to win the... Uh, AFC JVT. I feel like I shouldn't talk in this spot. Like, this is all about a mall. No. Oh, okay. All right. I just feel We're like just playing off his name. Okay. Yeah. Look, all the games that we play on this show, they're the same concept of statement. Do you agree or disagree? We just give it a different name and spruce it up. Okay. All right. I like it. Uh, then I am all, I am all, let's see, Bangers do trendy. So I would say I am all uh, in. I do think they are too trendy at some point. I do wonder every, about. If you look, every, not just VEASAN, across the board, Every expert loves the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. Am I, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, they were a late hit out of bounds from getting to the Super Bowl in theory. It's a good thing we're not playing last year. We're playing this year, baby. And I do have questions about, like, that defense I thought was playing 
Like, almost everything went well for that defense last year. There are questions as to how legitimately good they are because, in theory, still, you know, 17 games in a postseason run is still an inherently small sample size, especially when you consider how many possessions you're actually playing. You're absolutely right at that. But you know why I thought you made that assertion about last year was last year? Because as an Angels fan, that's your credo. <laughs> that's right. Every I, year you got to work forward. And, and, like, honestly, my, my analysis and argument has less to do with the actual team and the makeup of it because I love the ro- – how can you not love the roster? Offensive line's better. Nobody has more weapons than Burrow. He's an accuracy machine just hitting these guys in stride. They make plays. Like, defense will be better. They have a good pass rush. They added some pieces. Like, how do you not like the Bengals? But it's just the fact that the group think and everyone loving them has me hesitant to back them. All right, next one here. Let's go to college. The Pac-12 is so deep that it will prevent the league from making the college football playoff. I'm all in. I'm all out. I'm all out. You think that they'll get one in? No, it's not. I think the league is good enough with the teams at the top, but we're trying to act like they're going to cannibalize themselves. Look, the reality of it is there's three really good teams at the top, and then there's nine other teams that are pretty good. Or I shouldn't say nine, like three other teams next to them that are pretty well, good. That's, that's the point. Is one of the, the, the bottom, the floor is so high in the Pac-12, one of those schools can easily ruin the season of one of the upper echelons. I don't think Cal, Stanford, Washington State can beat any of those teams at the top. Well, that's not, but, but, but that's not the whole teams, point. Yeah. So Oregon, USC, Washington, I'll throw Oregon State in there, UCLA. If Colorado now? Hey, you, right, Utah. Colorado. Utah. Like, they're all going to play each other. Yeah. So that's the point of cannibalization. I don't think he's saying Cal. And actually, the way Cal looked offensively, we'll see what that looks like as you move this, forward. This week's interesting. Did, did, didn't, they put, when, didn't they play North Texas? Yeah. They did. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> I, I didn't know. Reconfirming. I yeah. see what you're doing. Uh, what you're but doing. regardless, like Dustin's point stands, I'm all in on this one. Like, yeah. they're all going to be good, but you, you could see it. You know what? It will compare it to, like, the AFC North. The AFC North at the end of the year, the winner could be 10-7, and seven, yes. but they're going to be a lot better because those teams that you're playing six times are incredibly good. But this is the SEC's argument for a couple of decades, right? They cannibalize themselves. But how come when the Big Ten or anyone else makes this argument, it's not valid, or the Big 12 makes this argument? Well, don't make it about you. Well, no, I mean, but, we're just talking about it. No, but the Pac-12 does this every year. They always have one or two teams, and those two teams muddy the waters where you can't figure out which one is the one that should have the shot. So now things have been brought down for the league as a whole, and another SEC team or another Big Ten team gets the shot. Well, Pac-12 has one thing. Browning was the Jake Browning was the quarterback for Washington when they made the college football playoff. He is absolutely unequivocally the worst quarterback to play in the college football playoff ever. Ooh, who played for Michigan State? Was it uh, what's his name? Uh, it's the double C name. Everyone he, hates him. Yeah, he played for the he for the started Raiders. for Connor the Raiders. Cook. Yes, Connor Cook. Thank you. Okay. Nobody likes him, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Connor Cook's the worst quarterback to play in the playoff. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. Uh, no, I'd still go Jake, but okay, <laughs> let's go on. All right, next one here. I'm all in. I'm all out. Let's see where we can go. Ohio State and Michigan should be concerned how good Penn State and Drew Aller looked in week one. Absolutely. All in on that. They, they play no West play. Virginia? All right. All right about that. That was very good. I got to give him that. What are we doing? It's West Virginia. Hey, it's not North right Texas. Texas. Yeah. The Mounties are still beating Cal, okay? Mm, I don't know. We should have a neutral site I'd matchup. Like to see that. Oh, I'd like to see the power rating on a neutral between those two. Hey, if things I get think ba- it's tighter than you think. Wait a minute. Same people who power rated Duke to lose by 12 last night. Forget that nonsense. I don't buy into That's the one thing that I hate before I move to Vegas. Everyone's like, oh, my God, the bookmakers are so smart. If they were as damn smart as people think they are, they'd be on our side of the counter instead of putting up the numbers. 
I mean, it's a good point. Circa is on the verge of closing down. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> well, like my, point being, my point being is people act like it's the gospel. They said this team is going to win. It's over. We might as well not even play the season. Duke was a 12-point dog last night. Shouldn't have played the game. I mean, Colorado was a 20-point dog. Why play the games? Like the crack at the end, getting excited. All right, last one. Let's sneak one in here before we end. <laughs> I'm all in. I'm all out. Punishment for college football targeting remains the worst rule in sports. Suspended the next game. No, it's half a game. I'm going to say, uh, if you, it's in the second half, I'm going to say all in. I'll say I'm all in. Especially cool. because if you're looking at it, like a lot of the times it's incidental and whatnot. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Also, we haven't factored in how sometimes when quarterbacks are going down, Oh yeah, the, the defender's already made his move, and the helmets happen to touch. Completely agree. By the way, if you're a club, Nick, you've got to just you got to make the play. You're a football player. Stop sliding on fourth down when the game's on the line. All right, soft. No, you know who's not me? I've been pumping iron, modeling a little bit more. We'll talk about it. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get rewarded before you ever place a bet with a G-Bank Visa signature card. Unlike other credit cards that decline sports betting transactions or treat them as a cash advance, the G-Bank Visa signature card can load directly to your favorite sportsbook apps. You'll earn 1% cash rewards on gaming and sports app loads every time and 2% on other purchases. G-Bank Visa is a card designed for gaming and sports fans everywhere and with works with apps like DraftKings, BetMGM, and Caesars. To learn more, go to g.bank.vsin. That's g.bank.vsin. 
Jonathan Von Topa filling in for Patrick Maher today here on Sharp Money. The guys are still in their usual spots. We are live at the D. The energy's palpable. Love it. Love being down here. Amal? You said usual spots. Yeah. It's only been your usual spots for 48 hours. I just meant on the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that, for, I forget. I just, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm a little disconnected. I just kind of swoop in whenever I'm needed, much like Batman. You know what I'm saying? Same physical physique as me. Or same physique. I don't seem to say physical physique. It's redundant. Well, that ruined everything because I was going to have some fancy transition. But I'm all, I've been modeling. I'm just going to say this. It's my identity now. It's all that I am. It's all that I do. And now when I do interviews, I can come on and say, well, my number is this. My model projects this. So just because of that is the only reason why I put this thing together. Not for content or to actually experiment and do something like a journalistic endeavor. It's only to sound smarter when I talk to people. First of all, when you said modeling, I was thinking something completely different. Well, you thought I was actually modeling? There's a lot of things, and we have changed our standard of beauty, so maybe I do have a shot, but I don't think I'm actually doing it. I I was giving you the benefit of the doubt. I've got good hair. I think I could probably do like a shampoo commercial if they did my hair properly. I'm not good at doing my actual hair, but. Mm, I don't know, man. I don't know about the hair thing. What do you mean? I think I think the rest of you works. I don't know. I don't know if the ha- I would focus on the hair. You got a you got a great chin. I got a good. You're saying I don't have good hair? No, I'm saying like you're limiting yourself to the oh, hair. Oh, okay. Thank you. You're complimenting me. Yeah, no. I th- I think you have a great chin. Wow. I thanks. Think, man. I, I think your chin plays really, well. When I get skinny, it gets really pointy. Yeah, I think it's the number one thing for a model is to have a good chin. I mean, it used to be if you were a scout for for the NFL, you wanted a quarterback that had a good chin. It's amazing what they used to scout. It's amazing what they used to care about. So I am modeling. You want to see some of the, you want to see the yes, projections for yes. week one? So these are final, by the way. Um, everything is done. I have made the final tweaks and adjustments. Uh, we are heading into this. And by the way, we should note for anybody out there, Mitch Moss and I are in on a contest entry. So we did put in on a contest, and we are going to use the five best bets from the model for every single week. So we're going to test this thing. We're going to test it to see how well it does. we got a journal up on the website of vcin.com that will track it as well. So our projected spreads, here's the problem right away, right off the bat, Um, the fact that the model really does love the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the problem is Kansas City might not have Travis Kelsey, so that that edge is not going to be there. But the projected margin of victory for the Kansas City Chiefs here, Mall, is about a 10-point win, so we'll skip that one. I'll show this to you so you can see them. These are the projected numbers uh, for the model here. Five of the games are kind of right in line. The rest of them I've got edges, but, you know, in some other spots if I actually really were to believe it. Five best bets this week according to John Von Model, which we have called it there. Again, we mentioned the Chiefs. We won't really count them. Jacksonville Jaguars has them by an 8.4-point margin. Uh, the Miami Dolphins has them slightly favored despite them catching three. The Dallas Cowboys are not there, actually. Excuse me. Uh, who else was it on this list? Oh, I have it right here. How about that? The Philadelphia Eagles as well as the Jags, Chiefs, Bills, and then we move on for the Packers, though, the big one. Packers, projected win by three points. This is a good, I think this is a good exercise. I have now built a statistical model. How about that? I think it's fantastic since everybody listening can't hear it and everybody watching can't see it. It's a good way to do it. <laughs> it's a good way to do it. Focus on the negatives as opposed to... The content. I didn't. I phrased it in a positive way. All right, your best bet for week one. I don't have one yet. Uh, I'll let you know on Saturday night after college football is over. I mean, it's right. very helpful on your Monday through Friday radio show. Yeah, no, here's the thing, though. <laughs> listen, you want to win? I'd listen, if somebody messaged me on Twitter. They said, who do you like? I said, I love Florida State. I told you last week. I, I'm telling you right now, it's about winning. It's not about which game. You know, I told you when I came in this morning, the best play last night was on FIBA and USA. 
right? They win by, what, 38, 39? They were seven, 16 and a half point favorite. In the NFL, look, I'll tell you right now, the NFL, you wait for some of the moves if it's in your favor, what have you. If you like the Bears, you're getting them at a great price right now, minus 115 on the money line. Um, but here, I tell you, I'm glad you brought that up about the favorite play. Look, so many times I bet differently than other people in terms of style. For example, I would potentially, if I like the Bears or if I like the Packers, I'd take the money line right now. Minus 105 on Green Bay, minus 115 with the Packers. I'm sorry, with the Bears. And then you come back potentially on an in-game play. You hedge so many different things. For me, a lot of times it's just arbitraging the situation. It's not necessarily a play that I absolutely love. I just felt like for a long time college football is much easier to bet than the NFL. And I will stick to that. I will make some plays in the NFL, but not at the same level or rate as I would in college football. Yeah. I can understand that. My question for something like this is now that I have made this, because there's a lot of people who believe in their models and their systems, mm -hmm. is the balance between, so like for example here, uh, if I thought this was like a good accurate model to go ahead and play, right? The Carolina Panthers, Atlanta Falcons. The line currently for Atlanta is, is this three now for Atlanta right now at this point? Three and a half. Okay, so three and a half. So I've got a projected win by 1.5 points for Atlanta. That's only a two-point edge, but I'm getting three in the hook. So does that become a best bet because you have a key number in a game in which you project to be two points lower? You see what I'm saying? to each week, though, because it could be correct. It could be one of your better edges this week, but the next week, you know, that that margin wouldn't work as well. Sure, I, I think so. Like, I'll give you an example in college basketball. For me, if a line is, let's say, for example, Team A is favored by four at home, and I think the line should be minus six. If I see a point off by two points, uh, it's an automatic play. Mm -hmm. All right, I like it because the other one is. I mean, this one's a huge. I mean, it's a huge edge. It's by nearly four points. For example, I have the Dolphins. It's essentially a pick for me, uh, according to John Von model. It's up to three. And it's, it's one of those where I don't actually like it. I'm kind of high on the Chargers. But because of this exercise, we're going to roll with the Dolphins as one of the contest plays, depending on what it's going to be. But it's, it's going to be something to watch because you're catching three in a thing that at least the number, the model says, it should be picked. I don't think it's going to be a heavily played game in the contest, in my opinion. Yeah. But I, I think it's a tough game to call. If you look at it, for the opening weekend, guys, I think this is the toughest game on the board from a betting standpoint. And potentially the best game of the day. No yes. question. Like, uh, but my question, I guess, JVT, would be from the modeling perspective. How do you factor in Tua and the health and when they played without him last year versus with? Like, how does that play a role in some of the stats you've used to come up with the model? Simple answer? No idea. Well, in all seriousness, so, like, I, I actually I wrote about this today, right? So one of the tweaks that I made in the last week, and I think this will answer the question, so the first iteration of this had the Bills winning by, like, eight and a half points. Oh my like, God. clearly it's looking at the Jets and saying, Jets from last year, Zach yes. Wilson, Mike White, all that kind of stuff. So I tweaked it a little bit more, added some more defensive metrics. It came back down. But last week, when I, you know, posted the first journal entry, it was still Bills by seven. So, okay, this week what I did was I essentially gave the Jets the Packers offensive statistics from last year. I don't know, and I even put it in the article today, I don't know if that's the right way to do it. No. But that's kind of the stuff that I'm doing to at least make this somewhat more like accurate because even if you think the Bills are the play, there's no way you're projecting Bills minus eight against the Jets on Monday night. So it should be a little bit more accurate than that. I put in the Packer numbers. It's down to five and a half. So I think in, in your point, in, in those instances – I'm just kind of rolling with the overall statistics from last season and hoping that this is going to kind of work it out. But for the quarterback-specific ones, I just put into it because I just that's how exactly it's going to be. And if he's going to be out, then we'll change it to whoever their quarterback is. Are you guys big um, teaser players in the NFL? 
I like the I like the Wong teasers. You know, they do generally do good. Last year, at the beginning of the year, they got their faces kicked in, but generally, that's how I'll play them. No, no, I like every now and then I'll put together, but I'll I'll treat them like a parlay. I don't do it like I'll do like a you know five team teaser and. Uh, have fun ten with that team mega team teasers, baby. Let's I do those do a lot. I do those a lot in college. You're not really supposed to tease college, but I can have fun. I'll, Who cares? I'll tease college and I'll turn it into a ten team parlay. Pace ten to one. Pace for a loss here this there. Go. I, I don't. To me, that's crazy. We'll have to talk about that later. You're gonna have to stop that. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're moving. Um, the line. He's having some fun. Amal hates fun. That's a good point. My whole life is fun. And you sit there and tell me. You looked, when you walked in today, you looked like you were having a lot of fun with life. Oh, that's a different situation. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that was what, a different when story. When it comes to the model of JVT, are you expecting? Because, like, obviously, we, we, there's so little to input that we know of from these teams this year. Because I'm, I'm a firm believer that, like, who they were a year ago is not who they are this year, as you kind of talked about with the Jets. By, like, week five or six, the model should theoretically be at its most accurate, right, in projecting maybe later in the year? You would think, right, right? because you're as getting goes a, on. a larger – but here's the thing. Over the course of – we're talking five games. You average, like, what, nine possessions a game, something like that. You're still talking about a really small sample size. It can be crazy. Yeah. So I would say I hope. I mean, but I'm not entirely sure what this exercise is going to bring. That's why I'm excited about it. I mean, I think it's going to be really cool to see what this is going to be and how you tweak it and what you're going to do with it. But I would think that's kind of the case. I'm curious to see, though, like the how different it is week to week. We're like, hey, yes. the, the model says this week my biggest edge is only a three-and-a-half-point swing. And then the next week you'd be like, it's a seven-and-a-half-point swing. Like, I, I, I want to see how it changes week to week. I can't wait to see what next week is like because yeah. a lot of my numbers do match up with where the market's at. But now it's like, okay, what do you do? How do you compare it? What do you, I, I can't wait. Wait to like the process of what next week's going to be. Uh, here, I'll give you a play for next week. You ready? It's a teaser. Two two team teaser. The Jets at home on Monday night, and the Tennessee Titans on the road at New Orleans catching nine, moving both six points, eight and a half and nine. All right, good. I'll find five more legs to add to that. Okay. Let's take it to the Jets. Ian Eagle had some Jets preseason games. Let's talk to him when we return here on Sharp Money. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Updated NFL betting guides out now throughout the NFL preseason. The VSIN experts have been reevaluating every team to give you the betting edge. Our updated NFL betting guide has picks from every on here host, team specific preseason analysis, and more. If you want the best and most comprehensive collection of picks, predictions, and previews, now is the time to become a VSIN Pro subscriber for as low as 19 bucks. Sign up today at slash subscribe. We welcome back here on Sharp Money. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Patrick Maher. Amal Shah is here as well. Let's welcome in our next guest, Ian Eagle, who is nice enough to give us some time. NFL on CBS, where you know him from, has Bengals Browns for week one. Ian, we appreciate it, but uh, these guys aren't really going to understand what I'm about to go with here. How are the Brooklyn Nets looking this year, huh? How are the Brooklyn Nets looking? <laughs> We're getting priorities in order. That's right. Like everybody's focused on the NFL. And you want to know if Darius Baisley is going to be a good fit right. for the Brooklyn Nets. I am That's a, where we're at. I, I love it. I'm our lead NBA guy, so I, I, I have a, a curiosity. So, all right, let's start with the game you've got this weekend. Uh, Bengals, Browns, from what you've been getting ready for for this game, I wanted to start with Cleveland. I've kind of called them the fly in the ointment in the AFC North. What are your expectations for Cleveland, and what have you seen from Deshaun Watson that would make you think one way or the other? Yeah, highly competitive division, I think. Cincinnati is among the upper echelon teams in the NFL. You've got 
A Baltimore team with Lamar Jackson now signed, sealed, delivered, some improvements in the receiving game. So you presume that's a team that's going to be a factor come December. Pittsburgh has been the sneaky, sexy pick once the preseason got underway. I thought they were flying under the radar. And then all of a sudden, Mike Tomlin plays his starters. Kenny Pickett looks like gold. The chemistry with Pickens, everybody's jumped on board. And then there's Cleveland, a team that won seven games last year. Obviously, uh, a very uh, slippery slope in what they did at the quarterback position, paying Deshaun Watson guaranteed money, 11-game suspension. And he comes back, and he doesn't look like the Deshaun Watson that we remembered from 2020 before the the basic two-year hiatus. So that's the question. If he can recapture his form, if, if he is the player that we saw developing in Houston into one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, Cleveland's got pieces. Their offensive line is top five in the NFL. They make a change of defensive coordinator with Jim Schwartz, so you're going to see an aggressive mentality. And they've got Nick Chubb, stud running back. So uh, I think there are Browns fans that believe if Deshaun Watson is who they think he could be, this might be one of those celebratory seasons for the Browns. And before we get started, I was told by my producer, I have to say, Jim Nance does a tremendous job. As you recall, last time I went <laughs> off on that, but that's another story. So anyway, I was, I, there, I was praising Ian. He couldn't act, actually acknowledge it. He went with the full congressional run for office there. He just didn't say hey, anything. I appreciate it. At least it. you're doing exactly what Dustin told you oh, not I, to I, do. I wanted to annoy him. That's why I did it. But anyway. This Browns team has had some good success against the Bengals. What do you think it is about Cleveland that they've been so successful about Cincinnati? We know the talent is there on both sides for both teams, but it just seems like they have their number a little bit more so than people would realize if they don't look at the numbers of the past. Yeah, I should mention I did win my local assemblyman uh, (laughs) contest. That was last September, so I'm I'm considering running again. We'll see. We'll see what the polls say. Uh, Yeah, I I, I think – when you're familiar with someone, sometimes you can throw out some of the trends and some of the numbers. There's a certain air of familiarity between these two franchises that goes way, way back. And while none of it matters from the 1970s and the 1980s and the 1990s and the aughts, this current version, for whatever reason, Kevin Stefanski has, has found some things that, that work against the Cincinnati team that has been the more consistent franchise the last couple of years. What's the difference? Well, the Bengals now have some mystique. They've got three tremendous wide receivers, maybe the best Troika in the NFL, and they've got Joe Burrow. They've got a a quarterback that, as long as they can figure out the contract situation, they should be good for a very long time. The issue with the Bengals last year, if you remember, offensive line, they address that. Uh, they, they go out and make a, a huge splash in free agency getting Orlando Brown Jr. They sign him to a big contract. The questions might come at tight end, whether or not they believe in Irv Smith Jr., and then some changes at safety. And these are guys that they're now going to lean on, and Dax Hill, a second-year safety, and then Nick Scott, who was originally a seventh-round draft pick of the Rams, and yeah, they paid him good money to, to step in and replace guys that had been proven. So if you're looking for some openings there with Cincinnati, there aren't a whole lot, but that might be the area in which there could be 
some vulnerabilities moving forward. Ian Eagle with us, NFL and CBS. Maybe one of the vulnerabilities as well, and it's, it was weird, Joe Burrow actually spoke to this before he got injured in the offseason. would be a slow start, right, with Burrow having to deal with what he did yeah. before getting the season started. What are your expectations for Burrow coming off of an injury like that? Because we talk about history, right? Well, the Bengals, as Burrow noted, do have a history of slow starts. They do, and I had that game last year. It was Pittsburgh-Cincinnati, one of the stranger opening season games I've done, and I've done a bunch of them, but that, that was one that, that stood out. Nobody could make a kick. Uh, you had uh, a snapper go down with an injury, which is a rarity, so you had a backup snapper, which affected the outcome of the game, and Pittsburgh slipped by with an OT win over Cincinnati. They backed it up with a loss in Dallas, and everybody was starting to question the Bengals, how – this team was responding after going to the Super Bowl and uh, going through maybe some of the lumps of having a, a target on your back. But look at what they did last season. Look at what they did in the playoffs. They were a play away, basically, from going to the Super Bowl again. And then who knows if they're playing Philadelphia in the Super Bowl, if their experience may have been enough to, to get them over the top. So the margins are so slim when you get to this level of team the Kansas Cities, the Cincinnati's, the Buffaloes, those are the three teams that, that we put in a certain classification. And then there's that, that next level of, at least in the AFC, of teams that could be in the hunt if things go a certain way. That's where the Jets pop in. That's where the Chargers may pop in. And then you get opinions uh, based on uh, who you root for and, and what kind of what teams you like to be a, a real January NFL team. But I, I think Joe Burrow is going to be just fine. They're not going to push it here in week one. There's a reason why they've kept it quiet, and odds are you're going to see him there Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock Eastern. You mentioned the Jets. You call preseason games for them. Tell me what you like about this team and one or two areas of concern for you. A lot of confidence from the group going in there, talking to them, talking to the head coach, having a sit-down with Aaron Rodgers. There's a real belief that they have something. Now, you know, look, we all have watched Hard Knocks through the years. It's hard not to like the team that's featured in Hard Knocks, and we tend to, to maybe pay a little more attention the first few weeks to see if, if it actually translates to the field. The difference for me is that I actually got to see behind the scenes, and it wasn't just a, a dramatic editing of what's happening. It, it was a real depiction of of what this team believes they're embracing the expectations they're not shying away from them they're not tempering them with every press conference and Aaron Rodgers has brought uh, a real sense of purpose and likability which I think maybe was the biggest surprise of everybody out there how is he going to handle it this is a really young team but it's a young and talented team so I think they recognize the, the window is now. This is not, hey, let's plan for 2025, 26. They're trying to win now. And that mentality will lead you to make decisions like acquiring Dalvin Cook, ensuring up your running back room. The offensive line, that's going to be the one area of concern. Dwayne Brown on the left side, Makai Becton on the right side. Uh, to me, if, if you're looking for an Achilles heel, that's the one that, that could bring this thing down like a house of cards because if you can't protect Aaron Rodgers, you're not winning at the level that they're expecting to. I will get you out of here on this last uh, minute or so. Uh, you called the Jets games. What did you think of Bryce Young in that game? 
Uh, that game, if you remember that Carolina game, he didn't do a whole lot. Yep. They, they kept it very vanilla. Uh, the Jets definitely wanted to make him feel them, and there was a, a real get-to-the-quarterback mentality. Everything I heard talking to the people associated with the Panthers has been positive, that there's a maturity there. Uh, there's a leadership that, that you can just tell and a presence, but you guys know, I know, it, it all comes down to what you do on the field. At that position, in this stage of your career, the results are what dictates how people feel about you. You get a little bit of a honeymoon, and then at some point, the fans, the media, management, coaches, teammates, they want to actually see it. They want to see it on film. Ian Eagle. Hey, we're looking forward to hearing your voice this weekend. Thank you for the time, sir. We appreciate it. Guys, you got it. Also, uh, we should mention Kenny Albert's book. You should get another pop. There you go. I like it. All right. Appreciate it, man. Good. That was a good one. Ian Eagle, thank you for the time. A mic for all seasons, by the way. We'll give it the pop. There's, that's what it's called. All right, we'll, come, we'll take our break. We'll come back. We have plenty left in 15 minutes. Adam Burke. MLB college football analyst just listened to the college football betting pod this morning. It was great. We'll talk to him about everything we watched over the weekend coming up in 20 here on Sharp Money. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
The best Thursday of the year is coming up, and it's all about NFL opening night. Football's back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is hooking up new customers with a can't-miss offer to celebrate. Place your first $5 NFL bet and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Don't wait to kick off to get in on the hype. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHARP. New customers get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you just bet $5. That's code SHARP only on DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Right, King? Am I the draft king? Yeah, I mean, or just king in general. We're all kings, you know what I mean? That's what we do in today's jargon. I want a crown. Burger right. King crown rules. I should go get one. My head's too big. No, no, wait, no, we said diet. Diet starts, though. They got grilled chicken sandwiches there. Yeah, if I get go to no Burger mayo. King, I'm going to get hit with that smell when I walk in. I'm not ordering grilled chicken. I don't want to say my true thoughts on Burger King because they might sponsor something. So so I think Burger King's actually, not I'll, a say, fan? I'll say nice things. I actually think people great. People are so sour on it, it's underrated. There, I'll say this, and this is a true positive that I believe. And maybe there's like a childhood nostalgia to it. That, I think that might play a role. Their French toast sticks, incredible. Oh, great breakfast, the croissant. Yep. Sandwich? Chris Sandwich? Chris Sandwich? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. All right. All right, so yesterday I made a, a statement, much like I just did about Burger King, uh, that I'm kind of in on Jalen Milrow. Like, I think I, I saw Middle Tennessee. I liked it. I, I, I understand that it's Middle Tennessee, but it was the little nuances of the game, right? It's the same thing with DJ Uungalala. I, I know I, did, I butchered it, but no, it, was, it was San Jose State, and you saw aspects of playing the quarterback position that you want to see. Yep. And if you're going to play a lesser opponent like that, you better look dominant, and they both look dominant. So I think you can't take all of your analysis from, like, the, the st stats at the end of the day, but you can absolutely watch the plays that he made or they made and, and say it translates to being a good quarterback this year. So, I, and we made this statement as well yesterday, right? Most athletic Alabama quarterback since John Parker Wilson. I think that's probably what we all agreed upon. Uh, he presents a challenge. The athleticism's awesome. Maybe the passing game's going to be around. Well, they have Texas this weekend. Uh, let's hear it. Jade Barron, uh, the corner for Texas, talked about the challenge of facing a guy like Milrow. Just to, just to kind of play with him because he could do so much. He has a great arm, but he can also run. So just to disrupt him. And I think once if we can disrupt him, that'll make him pass the ball, and, and that's what we want. Alabama's a seven-point favorite right now with a total of 54 and a half. This new rule is that's crazy. We had four drives in the first half. That's not one uh, where you want to say at the end where, hey, we want him to pass the ball. No reason to add that in there. To me, you got to keep it very vanilla in these situations. Oh, this guy might be the greatest thing since sliced bread. I don't know once he gets to the league if Mahomes is going to be the best quarterback. I mean, listen, just go out there and make plays on Saturday. I think he was being respectful in the way he said it. I think it was more that, like, he's so dangerous with his legs. Correct. That you just don't want him to end up relying on those because that makes him so much tougher to defend. Well, I hear what you're saying. I mean, he said he's got a great arm. He can also run. So just to disrupt him, leave it at that. Call it a day. No, because the running quarterback, if you're as fast as Milrow is, like, it's a different oh, element. Come on, hey, he took hey, a hey. drop snap in for a touchdown. <laughs> like, <laughs> by, by the way, he's talking to me like I hadn't seen – I've been talking about Jalen Milrow for two years. Come on, man. I said I, I can't believe Bama got a guy I, that could literally destroy everybody just with his legs. I and just, if he could throw it all, it's over. But I, I, I think when you, when you face a guy like that that's so dangerous with his legs – you want to make him a pocket passer because you feel you can beat him that way. If you let him do what he does best, which is run past you, he's going to do it all day. Hey, buddy, if you've been watching A-Day games the last couple of years, you'd know who Jalen Milrow is. I'm not, he's not I'm saying kidding. I, I'm kidding. I'm giving him a hard time. What, what's, Jay, what, what's Milrow's greatest strength? Uh, just successfully accepting the snap. Oh. 
<laughs> Once he does that, it's game on. He's the game worst. On. He's the worst. You're the worst. <laughs> I hate you. So do I dare ask you any thoughts on seven, the full seven with Alabama where we're at? Because clearly, this is what I always like to talk about with these games too. You get an indication of where the market shapers are. The fact that it's sitting at the full seven is telling you, look, if you go to six and a half, any of these shops, you want money on Alabama, you'll just move that thing down to six and a half. You'll get it immediately. I would agree with you, but I'll tell you what, before the season started, I'm not changing my opinion on this one. Not as strong of a play here, but I, I like the Shorthorns. I think they got a great shot to win this game outright. I think they're, they got the better quarterback in terms of throwing the football. The receivers are good. Where the, the reason why he's not in that same conversation with Roma Dunzier and Marvin Harrison, because he's a little bit inconsistent in terms of catching the football, but he's a tremendous talent, great deep threat. They're better on both lines this year. Um, this team's got a chance. You look at... Uh, Alabama, they're banged up a little bit in the secondary right now. Malachi Moore, he's dinged up in this one. He's a key cog for this team, all-SEC performer. Uh, you look at Jalen Key, he got banged up left the last game. He's a UAB transfer who comes in, had an uh, you know, opportunity to be a really key contributor if he's able to play in this game. He's day-to-day -day right now, just like Malachi Moore. But it'll be interesting. Dallas Turner's going to have to have a big game for this team. Ewers has enough mobility that it can present some problems for the Alabama defense. He was playing extremely well last year against a far better defense, at least on paper last year, than the one they have this year. By the way, I forgot. This is called three-point stance. We're supposed to, like, label that, right? Three-point stance. No, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, I, Amal, so I guess Worthy is a beast, as you mentioned, for Texas. Yeah. Uh, Quinn Ewers, to me, is the question, right? Quinn Ewers and Steve Sarkeesian in a big game against Alabama. The reason why I think Amal is probably leaning on the right side as of now is I think Alabama's concerned. And part of the concern is that they are doing what Texas did a year ago, and they offered to put the band and the fans from the Longhorns up in the upper deck, which is the treatment the Crimson Tide band got a year ago down in Austin. I think if Alabama was super confident in their abilities, they wouldn't be playing games like this. Am I crazy in saying that? <laughs> no, uh, yes, you are crazy in saying that. Listen, that They're was playing a mind game. No, last year in Austin, they gave him 5,000 tickets, which is generally the contract for all of these games. When Ohio State plays Notre Dame, Michigan plays Notre Dame, similar situation, 5,000 tickets are allotted. And the seats were put in a situation where you're like, hey, nobody wants to sit there. You've got donors that are coming to these games. You want to put them in decent seats. So they're just returning the favor. This is nothing. No, I think Alabama's always above this stuff. They don't care. They've won so many recent national championships. I think if Alabama knew that they were going to put a whooping on Texas, I, they'd be like, sure, bring whoever. I'm, I'm bring the family. I'm, I'm, I just like the thought of, like, Nick Saban, like, game week, be like, getting on the phone and be like, no, you put him in the or, upper deck. You or, put him in the upper or, deck because they did it to our band last year. Or the other side of it is Nick Saban found out about it after the fact. It's like, what are we doing, guys? You know he, he doesn't want attention on this. Sure, but what I'm saying is why, like, why would that affect Alabama football? He either has no clue, actually, or he has no clue. Like, or, he doesn't care. Or, he doesn't or, care the people, doesn't or the people who are making the decisions look down on the field and go, it's questionable, they're going to need our support, and this is them pitching in, roll tide. we got to get them in the upper deck. Forget all that. Let me tell you right now, Jatavion Sanders is going to have a monster game. He is going to absolutely be a beast on Saturday night in Tuscaloosa. They're going to be like, damn, we still wish we had O.J. Howard over there. He is going to have a big-time game. This kid's a big-time athlete, a tight end for Texas. I think he's going to have a big day for them. All right, next one up here. Let's hear from Matt Rule because, obviously, Colorado's the flavor of the week, maybe the flavor of the month, maybe could be the flavor of 2023 if everything goes right for Coach Prime. Matt Rule, head coach of Nebraska, taking on their rival this weekend. He was asked about Deion Sanders. He's won in everything he's done in football. He's won as a player. He's won as a coach. So... 
I think everyone everyone maybe thinks like outside, not me. Everyone else thinks like, well, this is this is all a show, and at, he's he, he's the most serious person about football. Like his poster was on people's walls for a reason as a player, because he's one of the hardest practicing, hardest playing people that's ever played the game, right? So um, why would we think that his team wouldn't be the same? What was a question? I don't think anybody's questioning that. No, I think if you look around, people are like, well, it's one game. I don't know. People like JBT may have said that. But the point is, Deion Sanders, when you look at his preparation throughout his career, that guy watched more film than anybody. And it shouldn't come as much of a surprise. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to reiterate I, that I, today. I, I'm still <laughs> looking for receipts on that. Dion keeps receipts on things everyone else says. Looking for the fact that Dion watched more film than anybody. How do you know that? Peyton Manning? I'm talking for people that, that, were, that you see when you talk to guys that Tom played Brady? with him. I'm saying in defensive back. John is, Elway? <laughs> well, let me tell you, if John Elway actually watched any film, he wouldn't have been 0-3 until Terrell yes. Davis yes. arrived. It was the film watching that did John Elway oh. in. Anyway, the point is, Deion's arguably the greatest cornerback of all time, right? Is there anybody else that you'd even put up to the standard, no, no, Deion? No, no, He's number one. He, he is number one. And, and he did so much more than just that. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, rest. I agree. No, but I, I think Matt Rule made a great point. Yeah, I, no. I, I, no, I think because a lot of people are like, they look at him as such a naturally great athlete that they think he just shows up like Randy Moss and just does it. I believe the question was kind of, are you surprised by what Dion did? And he was kind of saying, Matt Rule, no, I'm not surprised. All he's ever done his whole life is win. By the way, think about his NFL career. Atlanta, after he left, did they win very much? Nope. Goes to Dallas, they keep winning. Goes to San Fran, they're winning. Like, he just wins. I just put a bet on Colorado winning the national championship because apparently one game is what we're doing here. So, No, nobody's saying they're going to win the national championship. But I think, look, Northwestern has the same season win total as them. Three. This is, Northwestern is not going to TCU in 100 games and winning that football game against the Texas uh, Christian Horned Frogs. Mm -hmm. There's still a reality, though, where they only win three look, games, though. J JVT, we're not being prisoner of the moment. We're just living and enjoying the moment that is Colorado being on top of the college football world. No, sure. all I'm saying is they were far more impressive, not because they won the game, just overall in terms of how they, they played clean. and competed, they, than I expected them to be. The all-whites help. All-white is the best uniform combination possible. All right, Adam Burks is going to be with us here as we talk a little bit more about the Colorado Buffaloes. Why not? He had a great take on one of the college football betting podcasts, which is live now with Tim Murray. That was the episode earlier today. We can discuss that with Burke when we come back. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.